You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority of their families. Thanks again for listening in. My name is Todd Lesher. I'm grateful to be your host. And today we are talking with Kristen Bly, who is on staff at Forest Hill, about having conversations with your kids about harmful influences in their life. Kristen, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Okay. Um, So my name is Kristen, and I am a counselor in our care and counseling ministry. I started here in 2015 as an intern and have worked my way to the top. Way to go. (laughs) I am, um, I've been a resident for two years and now have transitioned as a full-time counselor and so, so blessed and excited to be here. Yeah, and we are blessed that you are here on the podcast for one but on staff with our church as well, man. We talk about care and counseling a lot on this podcast because of the tremendous resource of knowledge, experience, therapy, care, and then the list is so long. And so thank you for being a part of that and sharing some of your insight with our listeners today. So we're going to talk about talking to our kids about tough topics that life throws at them, and specifically around the topic of harmful influences. Mm -hmm. And this conversation can go anywhere. So we have some guiding questions that we'll go through, but just like harmful influences, it can lead. (laughs) 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 Who knows where it will lead? We'll kind of set it with that. Hopefully this is the positive influence that leads to wisdom when it comes to the harmful influences. But let's just start with the basics about conversation. Okay. So what does it mean to have a discussion with your children in the first place? Okay. So when I reflect on this question, a discussion is a two-way street. Okay. So it means that not only is a parent willing to provide information to their students or yep. to their teens, yep. but it also means that they are open to listening. Yes. To the com- you know, to what the teens are thinking, what they're feeling. You know, that kind of thing. So, um, and it means that, you know, they're open to the ideas that their teen has maybe different than Mm -hmm. what they think or what they are feeling. And it's okay. It's an open space. Yes. And I I think sometimes that's hard for us. Yeah. I know I was raised in a very top down Mm. um, background. So. My way or the highway. Yeah. Kind of thing. Kids are seen, not heard. I mean, is that right? They're seen, not heard. Not, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah that, that sounds right. That yeah, sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, this first question just puts me on the spot immediately because I do this with my kids all the time, particularly my oldest who is entering the teenage years. Yes. He's well on his way. I talk about my kids a lot, but um, he's in the adolescence, kind of the early adolescence here. Mm-hmm. But even when he was, you know, early elementary, middle elementary, I would ask him why he would do something. I would set him up with a question to listen. He would start talking about like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't wasn't actually interested in listening in the first place. And so I I find myself, while I am answering his question for him, just being convicted of like the fact that I am failing at the point that you just made is not just sharing Yes. But listening. Yes. So, so thank you for that starting point. It's a two-way street. It's not a lecture. It's a conversation. That's right. So um, how about for you? 
when it comes to these areas, now we'll put you on spot. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what have been some of your successful and failed attempts at learning how to dialogue with your kids personally? Okay. So let me just give you a little bit of information about how many kids I have yes, and their please. ages. Yep. I think that might be helpful. So I have five kids. Four of them are boys and I have a girl. Mm-hmm. So my oldest is 18 and then 16, then 15. 12. She'll be 13 in um, July. And then a 10 year old. So you're just saying you're pro status. So I have a lot of teens in (laughs) my house right now. Yep. (laughs) And I will say too, that there is a, a very large margin of difference between the way you talk to a boy teen Mm. and the way you talk to a girl teen. Maybe we can get into that later, but my most successful attempts for real have been in front of the TV Okay. Where we are watching a show, our favorite show to watch together is Blackish. Yeah, and there are relatable issues, totally for uh, multi generational um, mm-hmm. issues. Yep. on that show, yep. which is amazing. They are not afraid to push the topic. Oh, they go there. Uh huh. Every time they go there. Yep. Every time. So I sit and watch that. That's our Tuesday date. Mm-hmm. We sit together. We yep. watch that show, and a lot of times, you know, whatever topic they're bringing up. Mm-hmm. is open door to ask a question. Mm-hmm. Not just for me to ask a question, yep. but for my kids to ask questions. So they will ask me tough questions about yeah. my life, yeah. what I did, like even mm-hmm. in the present moment. Yeah, yeah. And where I'm open to share with them, to be transparent. Uh-huh. And um, they'll ask me about, you know, when I was their age, yeah. what I did in this situation. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, I think people have different opinions about this, but I yeah. tell them the mistakes that I made mm. and how I thought about it as a teenager. Um, and so that is that gives us a time to address serious topics. Yeah. But then have the TV there to kind of lighten it up. If yeah. we need to go back to the surface a little bit, mm-hmm. we laugh. You know, um, I think laughter and trying to make humor mm-hmm. in these kinds of conversations is really helpful. It's non-threatening to the kids. Yeah. Um, which has been really successful too. Yeah, um, that's good. Also, car rides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> when my kids are looking at the back of my head, right, right. rather than my eyes, because you can't stare right. That's exactly right. Yep. They can kind of get their thoughts together because yep. um, I can see right, pretty much right through them. Uh huh. Um, and I know kind of when they're not telling me yeah. the truth. Yeah. So um, I think car rides have been really great. That's really Non-threatening good. too. Yep. Well, I have a bunch of questions uh, as you kind of talked about your experience a little bit. But the first one is, do you have a junior? In when you talk about blackish, do you have it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can. Um, I do have a junior, actually. <laughs> Who's always like, all right, mom and dad, I got an announcement. I'm not going to college. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I haven't had that yet. Yeah. But I do have some that are rocking yeah. the boat. Yep. He is my favorite character. I by love far. it. He is I my love favorite it. Character. I love so, it. Okay, that's my first one. Okay. <laughs> Done. Rabbit trail. So the second one is do you feel pressure as a parent to always talk about a topic? And I'll, I'll give a little context here. Because you, you talked about having a tool, right? You used mm-hmm. TV as a tool mm-hmm. using a very socially conscious show mm-hmm. or conversations in the car. But I felt like when I grew up, that my parents felt like they had to address every issue that they saw. And so it was not just the TV show, like we don't do that as a family, then it was every commercial. 
It was like, we don't buy that. We don't drink that. We don't do that. We don't go there. Mm-hmm. It was like, mm-hmm. how yeah. do I take in all these? So how do you mm-hmm. pick and choose? And I know we'll get into specifics of harmful topics, but even just in conversation, because it's like, I feel like my kids just roll their eyes like over and like, dad, <laughs> dad, are we talking about this again? So yes. how do you wrestle with that as a, a mom? Okay. So I think that this ties into the first question that I didn't answer, which was, what are my failed attempts? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think I'm going to address that Great. when I do that. Great. Okay. So my failed attempts have come when they talk to me about something, a mistake that they've made, and I lead in with criticism. Okay. Kind of like what you were saying. Yes. Why would you right, X, right, Y, right, Z, right. or what in the world were you? That doesn't need, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, <laughs> anytime yep. I am trying to make them feel small, yeah, shut yeah. down, done. Um, or if I'm, you know, asking a lot of questions mm-hmm. and I'm not allowing them a space to answer mm. one question at a time, you know, mm-hmm. if they're flooded with a whole bunch of questions, they will shut down. Um, and then the other thing is um, that a conversation about something harmful or serious happens when there's absolutely nothing going on. So what I mean by that okay. is I don't like when you try to go into a deep conversation without establishing a relationship with your kids, Mm -hmm. shutdown mode. Mm. So the conversation that is about harmful influences or whatever it may be has to happen when we're just like sitting down on, you know, watching TV together. Mm -hmm. Like right now the playoffs are on go Raptors, by the way. Okay. Yeah. The claw. And my sons are the warriors all the way. So it's rivals (laughs) in there. We fight and we, you know, but you know, the conversation starts there with Mm -hmm. moments like that when we're just being silly and I'm able to engage with them and be present with them. Mm -hmm. They're way more trust, trusting of me. They've kind of got some rapport with me. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't think that that's important as a parent, Mm -hmm. but it actually is And to take interest in stuff that they like. Um, So that, that conversation, if I have not had those moments Mm. and a lot of them and repeatedly, then my conversations um, to go deeper will fail. That's really good. That's really good. Because you're essentially like doing a breakneck change or a swift left turn, like out of nowhere. Right. Like, Where'd this come from? Right. Who are but, you? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's like a stranger. But as parents, we feel this right. Yes. Too, but we still need to gain some relational equity, you know, yes. make some deposits in their bank, not to manipulate, but to connect, right? Yeah. In that way. Yep. To respect. That's good. Yeah, exactly. Like I respect you as a yes. person. Yes. Not just like somebody that yep. needs to be and seen. And that's what I failed to do with my now 11 year old at this point. I don't respect what he's mm-hmm. about to tell me because I already know the answer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's lesson one, number one that I need to sort through there. But I love that you're saying. I'm taking notes as I'm, <laughs> I'm listening in. But it's absolutely, absolutely right. Is do we, because parents, expect yes. respect do we give right. the respect that's that's a growth opportunity for i think a lot of parents i know myself in particular well let's let's go down the path of harmful influences because we okay. could go anywhere okay right um it could be don't put on sunscreen because it's a harmful influence to your skin oh the sun is a harmful influence to your skin <laughs> what am i supposed to do right <laughs> Right, right. That was on my list too. But (laughs) was it? Yes, yes. (laughs) That's great. Well, let's go down the mom route and the counselor route. Okay. So you pick which route you want to take first. But as a mom, what are kind of the the top harmful influences? And I'm sure there's some crossover in in both realms. But just take it from here. uh, What are those harmful influences from your vantage point as a mom and a counselor? Okay. 
So I'm going to go the obvious route first. Okay. All right. Um, I think, obviously, drugs and alcohol are mm-hmm. harmful influences. Um, sex, pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have so much at their fingertips. Yep. So um, those those are influences. Yeah. Um, social media. I'm sure, you know, parents know how influential that can be, as mm-hmm. well as peers. Yeah. The peer influence. And I will say something about that, that in the stage of life that teens are in, mm-hmm. it is natural and necessary that they look to their teens mm. for who they are, for right. their identity, for what that means. I mean, as I'm thinking about it for my son who is about to go off to college, I mean, he needs to know how to how to form community on yeah. his own because it's not just about his family anymore. He has to establish, you know, some people outside of us. Yeah. So it is natural and it is necessary mm-hmm. for them to look to their peers yep. for that influence. Yeah. Um, and then I want to go the more subtle route. Okay? okay. I think this might step on a little bit of toes. Okay, please. It, it hurt me means. too when I was thinking about uh-huh. it, but um, perfectionism okay. is a harmful influence. Hmm. And we can talk about these more in depth if you want to, but yeah. um, performance mm-hmm. and because the kids are so, uh, they have to be so competitive and cutting yeah. edge to get in college or to do anything, mm. a job, anything. Performance in sports, performance in all these ex- extracurricular activities is, I think, something that can be a harmful influence. Mm-hmm. And I think perfectionism and probably performance probably go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing is um, parents' anxiety, okay, expectations. And um, pressure. Okay. That can be a harmful influence. Right. So turning the mirror on parents. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The perfectionism of performance can tie into that as well. But if it's an external, right, outside Mm -hmm. of the home. Mm -hmm. um, So uh, the big ones, you kind of mentioned the big six. Okay. Right. And let's see if I can list them off. Drugs, alcohol, sex, pornography, social media, and friends. Right. Yep. Why do you pick those? In maybe as because I think I can relate as a parent, mm-hmm. but as a counselor, is are those kind of the dominant ones that you end up counseling people through? See, right. This is the this is the tricky part of this because you would think so. Mm-hmm. I I chose the ones that I did, both the subtle and the more yep. obvious ones, yep. right? Because these are the things that I see not only with my kids but with the people that clients that I have. Mm-hmm. Um. And what's really interesting is, is that I don't have a lot of kids coming in for drugs, alcohol, okay. sex, pornography. Mm-hmm. Yes, peer influences and social media come up quite mm-hmm. a bit. Yep. But what they come in for is the pressure that they feel from mom and dad mm. to be perfect. Yeah. And to and not only for mom and dad, but they want to be perfect and they want to do well themselves. Yep. So there's this internal pressure that they put on themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably because, you know, that those are the kind of homes they're raised in. And um, I love that parents set a high bar because, hmm. you know, most of the time kids rise to yep. um, the occasion. Um, but the amount of stress and anxiety that those things cause yep. have been really harmful hmm. to the psyche, to their emotional places, yep. um, mental space. Um, even even physically, because yeah. it can manifest yeah. physically in right. your body. Right. Right. So, I mean. I would say those. And so is this an accurate guess here that the big six that you mentioned often are symptomatic of yes. the perfection, performance, and pressure? Great way to say that. You're you're talking about. And so maybe before you address that, what is what's motivating you 
to use that as an outlet, it doesn't come back to this, right? Because drugs and alcohol take the edge off. Sex can distract. Pornography can give you a checkout. Social media, it validates you. Friends, all that sort of stuff. Yes. So, so let's get into, like, where do parents start? Like, when it comes to the conversation, mm-hmm. because if, if a parent is operating out of their own anxiety, yep. they're going to want to just grip it with control. Yes. And control, like over control never brings life. No. Like you think about a garden or holding on too tightly. If you hold on too tightly, you end up bruising yep. somebody instead of guiding mm-hmm. someone like holding a child's hand. Yes. Or even okay. cutting that that yeah, extremity the, off totally yeah to the, the extreme can't get there right yeah yep so how do we wade into these conversations because and then i'll sorry i'm like thought after thought after thought but okay. i i take it to the point of going we address it once it's over right we've covered it that, that happens with the sex talk yes right it's like hey son your body's changing are we good all right great <laughs> covered it <laughs> Yeah, we got that. Yeah. Check. Yeah. So um, the question here is, how do you encourage parents to start a conversation around these, just in general, around harmful influences that their children are facing? Okay. So again, the conversation starts a long time before you actually have to have it. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think, setting the foundation. Um. But the next, I think the next most important thing is um, just to kind of, you know, ask, like, start up high. I don't know how we can, you know, maybe use an example, but Mm -hmm. start high level. Okay. And then as the kids get a little more comfortable, you go a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe the question is, like, what's going on at school? Hmm. Yeah. Or maybe the question is, depending on how you find out about what it is you want to talk to them about, or if, if it's just something that is on your heart, you want to share it with them, you know, maybe the lead in is, you know, I was thinking about this as an example. So my kids are so annoyed with me <laughs> with the way I, with the way I talk about conversations, because I, I think a lot of times and this is the truth, though, I say, you know, the Holy Spirit hmm. revealed to me. Hmm. something that I need to talk to you about. Oh, okay. And that, yep. <laughs> it sounds yep. manipulative, yep. right? But it's it's like literally I had to talk to my sons about pornography. Mm-hmm. And right before I did it, because I wouldn't have had that conversation probably if I, um, on my own. Okay. But literally I was in bed. Holy Spirit was like, you need to get up now and go talk to your kids, mm. your boys, mm. your two oldest boys about this. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. Yeah. And I said, the Holy Spirit, it's on my heart to talk to you about this issue. Yeah. I know you don't want to, mm-hmm. um, but maybe just listen. Yeah. And, and like I start talking. Hmm. And um, I think the first, so the first thing I do is just kind of say, you know, when I was your age, mm-hmm. this was, a, you know, difficult for me. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I just kind of ask you know, like questions. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, and I, and, and pray before you go right, into that right. conversation yep. because God will give you the words. Give me the words. Yep. Exactly. You know, like I can't, there's not even a formula for mm-hmm. it. Yep. Well, and I, something that I, I pick up in these conversations um, that I always tend to address and I hope it's not overkill at this point, but 
I think parents get stuck in a trap that they think they can't address something that their child is going through because they failed at it when they were a kid. So what you just said, Mm -hmm. as I dealt with this myself, you're not removing your voice from it, from either shame or guilt from your past. Mm -hmm. You're actually using it as Mm -hmm. uh, a launching pad into the conversation. So how do you grapple with that to go, hey, my past has some stuff that you may deal with, mm-hmm. your family, your blood, it might be more natural for you because <laughs> just because you're part of the family. Yeah. So I'm aware of that. Mm-hmm. How do you process through that to help parents think through wrestling with their own past so yeah. that they can uh, guide their children to avoid it? Yeah. Well, I think the, the answer that is coming to my mind is we have to be willing to wrestle. Mm-hmm. We have to be willing to admit and confess, mm-hmm. ma- mainly to ourselves, um, trusted others about, you know, things that mistakes that we've made in the past. Yeah. Um, because if you're not r- really um, willing to deal with that or face it, mm-hmm. then it's not going to be helpful for your kid. You're yep. not going to be able to use it as a tool mm-hmm. for your kid. Yep. So I'm okay with not being perfect. Mm-hmm. It's taken a lot of work for me to get there. Yeah. I'm in my own counseling. Mm. Um yeah. But I'm okay with my kids seeing the realness of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay um, to own, you know, I did this. I don't know if it was the right thing, mm-hmm. but it was in the moment. This is what, you know, this is what it was. Right. So right. this is what I learned from it. This is how I want to share it with you. Mm-hmm. And so I think parents have to be okay with not being perfect. Yeah. You know, we battle with perfectionism too, just totally. like our kids do. Totally. They probably get it from us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very accurate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So um, we have to be okay to just be transparent. Uh-huh. Yeah. So as you were you know, kind of thinking through, what are some summary ways to describe how to engage these conversations? You're kind of hitting on almost three points that mm-hmm. they're, I think they're pretty simple, but what you have said and reiterated a number of times is lay a foundation of trust. Yes before you dive into the topic. And that can happen in attachment phase, right? Mm-hmm. From early childhood, yes, right? Absolutely. Even into early trust. Uh, Darren and I were on the podcast and we were talking about the principle of first exposure is what a child hears about a subject, and let's just say sex and intimacy, mm-hmm. that person becomes an expert in the child's mind. Mm-hmm. And so that was so Im- insightful to me to go, I want to be that expert in my child's life, yes. but I've got to build trust so that when I do assert my voice, it comes from that foundation there. Yeah. So you have that kind of set the groundwork, courage in the conversation, mm. right? Be courageous parents. That's, it's a, that's our role. Be courageous. Yes. But what about follow up? Like what does mm-hmm. after the conversation has happens ground zero boom right? Yep. <laughs> I'm sure your conversations are always perfect. Mine always is end of explosion. <laughs> but <laughs> but what does follow up look like in that to how come to come back around and be like we good? I know what we talked about was hard or hot. You know whatever yes. it may be. Yeah. Circle back around to reemphasize something: love, affection, care. Yes. I'm here. What is that? What place does that have in this process of a conversation? Yes. Okay. Um, so I think follow up is important. I'm not the greatest with follow up because for me, especially like this is the difference between boys and girls. If you overkill a subject, mm, yep, 
it's going to die. Uh-huh. And, you, you, you know, you got to hit it quick. You hit it fast. And you don't keep hitting it. Mm-hmm. So, yep, yep. so for me, the at the end of the conversation, it is always, you know, I love you. Yeah. No matter what you do, no matter what mistakes you make, it would never make me ashamed of you. I would never be embarrassed by you. Mm. I would never. It doesn't affect or change the way I love you. Yep. yep. So just know that. Um, you know, this is sometimes what I have to do as a parent. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just gotta let them know. Yeah. You know. This is what I have to do as a parent. This is my role. And, um, you know. But I like that. It's it's almost as shifting follow-up from a parting word or a final word. Which, yes. What I'm thinking, like, my final word is, I'm the boss. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you remember anything from this conversation. Well, it, that's sort of like <laughs> mentality that I'm in charge. Yes. Right? And how often do I leave a conversation with that instead of exactly what you said? Yeah. Whatever you decide, whatever you choose. I'm your mom, I'm your dad, and I love you. Yep. And that sort of reemphasizing, who knows if it affects how they process through it yes. at the end of the time. But it's just a, it's just hopefully shifting some of that that final say. What's the final say? Yes. Is it love or authority? Yes. You know? Yes. Well, I think love is the strongest authority <laughs> in, <laughs> exactly. in people's lives. It's a both but, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, let's get a, a little practical here. Okay. When it comes to... Harmful influences, conversations around that. What principles or guardrails do you offer to uh, children or to your clients when you talk about harmful influences? Hmm. So, okay, the thing that comes to my mind in terms of principles and guardrails is this is what, okay, so this is what I suggest for parents. Um, What you do is going to be way more impactful than what you can say. Yeah. So the principles that I would give to my kids, I want to live by myself. The first one that comes to my mind is love yourself. Be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, That's important if I want to be able to extend kindness and love to someone else or if I want to, um, you know, um, okay, I forgot what I was going to (laughs) say. Um. Okay, yeah. If I want to be able to extend that kindness to my kids, I have to be able to have that same kind of kindness and love for me. And I have to, again, if we're going to expose ourselves to our kids and and show them some of the mistakes that we make, we have to be okay with loving every part of ourselves Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that we can do that and be transparent. Um, I would say, let's see, um, respect and love embrace who God created you to be. Okay. That's one I tell my kids all the time, um, especially with the peer influences. Mm-hmm. And there's so much comparison with social right. media. Um, God has a path for you, and he has ordained it, mm-hmm. and he's put unique gifts inside of you yeah. and inside of your brothers that are different from you, inside of your sister that's different from you, but he is going to use you uniquely mm-hmm. for his purpose. Mm-hmm. So embrace that. Enjoy yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and I say I also tell them to trust the process. Okay. Of life. Mm-hmm. You're going to make mistakes. That's part of your growth. Yeah. It's going to be painful. It's going to hurt. Um, but those are also going to be the moments where you grow the most mm-hmm. and trust God in your journey. Right. Because he has it. Yeah. And he's with you. Yeah. There's something to be learned. Right. The, Absolutely. the whole idea of trust the process because the process is teaching you something too. And if you're 
we can teach our children to pay attention to the lesson. Yes. Right? To go, like, don't fall back into that trap. You already fell into yes. that trap. So let's talk about how to avoid that trap that you've already fallen in. Yes. They'll fall into it again, you know, mm-hmm. but it's some of that, the process is teaching you yes. something. So how to become a learner in yeah. the process, like you're saying, yep. is really good. Yeah. Uh, because mistakes are teachers. Yes. To life. Successes don't always teach us right. something. Right. They just tell us we're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is but, good, a good lesson to oh, learn, totally, you know? Totally. Yep. We can be accomplished and successful, <laughs> uh, but mistakes, if we're willing to learn, mm-hmm. they'll teach us some valuable lessons mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. We'll get into faith a little bit. And okay. uh, how do you incorporate faith in Jesus into these conversations <sighs> as a parent, as a counselor, and how he directs? Our path. Yeah. Okay. Um, first, let me say this: that kids are very discerning, and they can sniff out fake. Yep. Period. Mm-hmm. So, if you are trying to um, teach your kids something or talk to them about something, you've got to live it out. Yep. And that's the best teacher. Mm-hmm. I was <laughs> the commercial that came to my mind. I'm, I'm dating myself okay. here, but um, where. The um, student is talking to the dad about smoking marijuana, okay, okay. and the dad says, "Or where did you learn how to do this?" And he says, "I learned it by watching you." <laughs> <laughs> it's very old, but it's it's true. Kids can sniff yeah. out a yeah. fake. So no, um, pun, no pun intended on that one. Right. But. <laughs> <laughs> so try yeah. to be you know, live out all of these things that you want your kids yeah. to live out. I try yeah. to do that as best I can. Um, do what I say, not as I do kind of thing. Like the danger of that statement. Yes. Right. Yes. Is it, wait a second. They're going to do what you do. Yes. They're going to discard what you say. Yes. <laughs> they are going to say yep. you're a hypocrite. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> yes. Um, so that is what I, you know, wanted to lead with. Yep. And then, um, faith. So I think, again, I said prayer mm-hmm. before I enter into these conversations mm-hmm. with my kids is essential for me. Yeah. And it's daily because who knows when a situation like this is going to arise. Yeah. So I tap into my source who um, his words are compassionate mm-hmm. and full of grace yeah. and love. And those are the things that I want to speak to my kids mm-hmm. along with truth, yep. justice, all of those things. Right, He's that right. too. Mm-hmm. So I have to tap into him in order for my insides yep. to spill out what right. I want my outsides to say, right. if that makes sense. Yep. Okay. Definitely. So that's, that's number one. Mm-hmm. I don't always lead out with Jesus to my kids okay. because sometimes that shuts them down. Uh-huh. Yep. They're trying to figure out who they are and what right. they believe. Right. And that happened to me. And so I'm open to, you know, God's got them, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a constant yes. reminder yes. of that. God's got them. Um, but the other thing, when I was, you know, looking over this um, and reflecting on like how God parents us, mm. the thing that the verse I went to was in Matthew chapter three, I believe it is, yeah. when um, Jesus is going to get baptized, yeah. and he comes out of the water, and God says, God the Father says to His Son, "This mm. is my yeah. beloved Son, yeah. I love it. with whom I am well pleased." Mm-hmm. And I started to say, "Wow, like how." Amazing that must have been for Jesus in front of like all of these Pharisees, people who were doubting who he was, doubting his identity, not sure that he truly was who he was, to have his father in front of that audience and to him Mm. say, 
you are my beloved yeah and i'm pleased with you mm-hmm. must have been a moment that was amazing for him right right and because of that what did he do he spent time with god mm. right like he um he prayed you know to him. he prayed with him he was loyal yeah. he was obedient he wanted to please him he did not want to grieve his father right right when we have um if we could just extend words of like being proud of yeah, our kids yeah. and loving them unconditionally and saying it, not being afraid to say that to them. Right, right. I feel like, man, I mean, if Jesus was all in, yeah. my kids might be all in too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I might yeah. as well try it and lead with that. So that is where that kind of close out in my yeah. conversation comes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm proud of you. Yeah. I'm pleased with you. Yeah. No matter what, if you make mistakes, this is still who you are. This is who I am to you. God has asked me to steward your parenthood and parenting you in this way. Mm. And that's what I want to do. And I'm hoping that they will want to spend time with me yeah. and want to be obedient to me. Yep. And when they get to be adults and need help, I want them to come mm-hmm. to me yep. because I've been there. I've right. been there and I've done that and I'm in my word. And so I know yeah. that yeah. my wisdom is wisdom that comes from above. Mm-hmm. So I can trust what I'm telling them. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that they'll be loyal to me. Right, right. Yeah, you modeled a way of life, right? That they, yeah. you're giving them permission to choose. But yes. you're not giving up on them if they choose a different path or they make a different choice. You're still proud of them and you still love them. That does not change. That's right. Because then they get mixed up in that, then the pressure to please mom and dad yep that undue pressure and Mm -hmm. so it's that whatever the stat is of you know seven positive words to every one negative word right but it's the message has got to be repeated like when i hope that when my kids hear my voice in their head yes it's this message that i'm proud of you yes what what did your dad always tell you that he was proud of me they take it for granted that i've said it so much that sort of thing (laughs) yes but even what you're saying about what how you model uh, your faith to them and the messages that you give to them. It reminded me of what my wife says constantly to our boys, that if they are a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in them. They have power to make the best choice, to make the wise choice, the right choice, the good choice. Yes. And God has a plan for their life. Yes. It's almost that God has a plan for your life. Don't miss it. But you won't mess it up if you do. Yes. your failure does not break God's plan. Yes. Right? So that yes. sort of messaging, it's so countercultural and yeah. counterintuitive, but it's exactly along the lines of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You, you can't mess up God. That's right. Even though you have may have messed up. Yep. And it's yeah. reassuring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, uh, just give us a little bit of the wear your counselor hat here. And mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about kind of the, the groundwork that parents need to do when it comes to having discussions around harmful influence. But what if a parent is working with one of their children who is stuck in a harmful influence? Mm-hmm. What's the what's the next step for them? What's your encouragement to them? Um, my encouragement to them would be, again, modeling, mm-hmm. asking for help. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if your child is already stuck in a place, giving them permission to seek help in other trusted places mm-hmm. is okay. Yeah. You don't have to be in control of that getting unstuck process. Yeah. Um, and I would say, too, that, you know, for parents, like, 
be gracious to yourself because there is no blueprint mm-hmm. for this. There's right, no right. right or wrong to this. Sometimes you're going to get it wrong. Sometimes you're not going to make the right choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be gracious to yourselves as you try to figure it out yeah. and do the best that you can do. Um, it's hard when kids are already stuck, though, especially teens, because if they're not open yep. to becoming unstuck, um, forcing them is difficult. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's necessary. I'm not saying parents that you don't need to exercise your authority over your kids. That is um, a thing. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that needs to happen. Um, But it's also really difficult when they are um, not buying into Mm -hmm. becoming unstuck. I would just say invite them into that process. Invite them. Ask them, what do you think? This Mm -hmm. is what I think. Um, I want to know what you believe. What yeah. is your opinion of this? How should we proceed from here? I'm not going to stop trying to give you, seek help for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love for you to join me in this process. Yeah. I want you to have a voice in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, um, this is something I was going to address too, that as our kids get older, it is appropriate to give them some say and some um, voice yeah. in what they do, what kind of choices they can make. Right. And as they get older, it's okay to let go of that more and more because mm-hmm. it's practice for what is coming yep. inevitably. Yeah. And one of the things that we talk about here is they have to own that consequence, right? When we That's give right. them that permission to make that choice, often parents come to the rescue and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, let me solve this for you. Yes. But they made the decision. Part of that is maturity, is taking responsibility for the decisions that you're going to make. Yep. Regardless of you take mom or dad's direction for this harmful influence, yep. the consequence is yours to wrestle with. That's Something right. that um, Rebecca and I have talked about, about um, that help, we need to get help for our kids when they're being harmed they're harming others or they're harming themselves. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of the, the rule of thumb there? Yes. Is this harmful influence harming yes. them, harmful to others, yes. uh, or they're harming themselves? So that, that sort of yes. that idea uh, to get help when yes. that happens. That's yes, been, thank you for that's saying that. has been helpful, that. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, any final advice or encouragement to our listeners as we wrap it up here? Um, I think this is something that I'm just learning on my own parenting journey that you know, part of our job as parents is, is like a trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes we have to train our kids to be able to handle and manage yep. the hard times that are to come. Yep. And it's just about giving them a space to learn how to, you know, it's almost like increasing their capacity for pain tolerance. Because mm-hmm. this life yeah. is yeah. no joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the older I get, the more experiences I have and sometimes the more painful it becomes. And so if they don't have the capacity or the tools or the skills to be able to manage that on their own, um, that's a struggle. Hmm. Adult life becomes a real struggle. That's good. Yep. So your trainers, you're not supposed to keep them from experiencing some of these things. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes our job is just to walk with them in it and help them navigate it. You're not bubble wrap. You're trainers, parents, you're trainers. That's good. Yeah. Kristen, thanks so much for being on the podcast and sharing some of your life and story with us. It's been great. Let me say a prayer. Okay. Heavenly Father, uh, we trust our kids into your hands. You are a good, good father with a plan for our lives as parents and for the lives of our children. And we pray that we would receive what Kristen has shared today from her experience both as a mom and as a counselor, and that we would be reminded that we are the, the 
primary, the first influences in our kids' lives, especially when it comes to these harmful influences, because they're, they're going to come. So we can't avoid them entirely. We can't protect our children completely, but we can give them tools, principles, guidelines, guardrails, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. to help them navigate through them. But may we always, always, always give them grace and forgiveness, love, and our pride and affection for them Mm -hmm. uh, because you have given them to us and that's how you treat and view us as your children. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Parent on parents, you got this. Thanks for joining us for the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest you, visit foresthill.org.